Jenna and Dan welcomed me into their home for an Orange Sox interview. Their daughter, Ava, was diagnosed in utero with micronancia, or small chin, a symptom of a condition officially called Pierre Robin sequence, or PRS. Ava is delightful, and you will also hear her participating in the interview. Jenna, when did you find out that your baby had some issues? We actually found out at the gender ultrasound. So we had gone in and Ava very quickly showed us that she was a girl. We were super excited, like dreaming about all the pink stuff. And then <laughs> I get back to work and uh, I receive a phone call from our OB and he tells us that they had found micronancia on the ultrasound. Now micronancia is just a fancy term for or a small chin. Of course I did the worst thing where I googled micronancia and basically saw worst case scenario pictures. So pictures of babies with no chins. I got pretty scared. I did call um, obviously right away my husband to let him know. They were looking on the ultrasound for Pierroban sequence because my husband Dan here had PRS as a baby. So they were looking for a small chin. Um, obviously they found it. It wasn't until I started Googling for Pierroban sequence to kind of get a gist of what we were actually dealing with that I was able to kind of come to terms with it more. And what are some of the, the uh the consequences of this diagnosis? What are some of the potential uh, difficulties? So uh, Pierroban sequence includes a recessed chin, a recessed tongue, and a cleft palate. And all of those things together can lead to both breathing and feeding difficulties. Sometimes babies come out and they need a tracheotomy. Some need a jaw distraction where they have to surgically bring the jaw forward because the kid can't eat, they can't, they have difficulty breathing. Ava actually had something called a tongue lip adhesion because the chin and tongue were so far back uh, where um, <laughs> the chin and tongue were so far back that um, the tongue would often fall, uh, fall back and obstruct her airway and then she would be struggling to breathe quite frequently she couldn't lay on her back she had to be she had to sleep on her side we had to constantly reposition her because the tongue kept obstructing the airway and Ava is probably a more mild to moderate case, it can be much worse. Okay, so so Dan, um, you had an interaction with, with the doctors. Mm -hmm. They wanted to conduct a test. Do you want to tell me about that? Sure. Um, when we wanted to confirm the diagnosis, we went to a perinatologist and they were able to initially confirm that it looks like she had pure Oban. Um, and so the next thing they offered us was to do an aminocentesis on our daughter while she was in utero. And after asking several times what we were going to do with this information um, and not really getting a straight answer, they finally admitted that it may be that we would choose to discontinue the pregnancy depending on the results. Sure. And this is a condition that you had, and you're obviously just fine. <laughs> Mostly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what have been some of the, the, the challenges that you've, you've had? I mean, obviously you, you completed the pregnancy mm -hmm. and she was born. What were some of the issues right as she was born? So it surprised me a little bit because 
I knew that Dan had come out not breathing. He was blue when he was born and had <laughs> swallowed his tongue and I was prepared that there was going to be some issue. And so when she came out uh, crying, I was Her. overjoyed and relieved and you know, happy tears. I was I just kept saying over and over, she's okay, she's okay, she's okay. She ended up staying in NICU that first night because they did find the cleft palate. They wanted to monitor her breathing and they felt that if she was in a certain position, so not laying on her back, that the breathing for Ava would be okay. And it wasn't actually until a few le weeks later where we began to see the implications of the breathing difficulties where she couldn't put on weight. She you know, took a month to get back up to birth weight and she was born pretty small. So at a month old, she was still only five pounds, 12 ounces and just looked really sick. Mm -hmm. So finally it was decided to do the tongue lip adhesion where they basically sew the bottom of her tongue to the inside of her lower lip to hold the tongue forward so it can't obstruct the airway. And so that for me was extremely difficult because you're, you're taking this little six pound person and putting her through fairly major surgery. And we were in the hospital almost two weeks with her getting through that. And there's a section of time where they had her attached to a breathing tube and we really couldn't even touch her very much. It was probably one of the hardest things I've ever gone through. So how is she now? How old is she? So she is uh, nine and a half months right now. Okay, does she have any issues that you're concerned about? Um, not long-term issues. For example, she's about a month behind in her physical abilities because of the surgeries and the breathing sure. difficulties. She just had another surgery last week to remove the tongue lip adhesion. She has the cleft palate repair surgery coming up. Um, so other than that, <laughs> she is a wonderfully smart social little little nugget here <laughs> yeah there's a couple of things that are more long-term that we're going to be dealing with for her one is because it's a smaller lower jaw there are often dental implications as they grow up so braces may be medically necessary the other thing that may also be necessary is speech therapy and so I had speech therapy when I was growing up. She may likely need some as well. And depending on how her hearing is, because she has tubes in her ears right now, that may impact speech development. So those are a couple of things that we're gonna be dealing with ongoing. Maybe a little easier question than kind of dwelling on some of the, the tough parts. What have been some of the joys? I mean, you obviously had this child. You knew she had some issues similar to, to you, uh, Dan, but uh, obviously she's a bright little, <laughs> little beautiful baby. But uh, what, are, what are the joys that you've experienced with her? There, there are so many on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh -huh. <laughs> like every she, time she smiles. Every time she smiles, she just kind of lights up a room. She likes to laugh a lot. Uh, <laughs> uh, I hope the mic. That, that's her. We call it her monster voice. <laughs> um, but she, she reminds me all of the time to kind of not dwell on the negative stuff, actually, because babies in general, I think, are so present, right, in the moment. They're not thinking about how this really hard thing they had to do last week. Mm -hmm. They're thinking about like, oh, hey, mom, I'm hungry right now, or hey, mom, you're really funny, or, you know, and there's, there's a lot of strength and joy in that. I kind of feel sometimes like, well, if she can handle all this, like, I have to be strong for her. Uh -huh. 
like I have to meet her with the strength that she's showing us and then just to keep encouraging her and loving her and you know getting her through the really tough times if I can do that you know not dwell on poor me at all you know because sometimes it's hard it's you see I have lots of friends that have perfectly medically healthy babies and it's really easy to get in this place where you feel like life is just unfair you know it's always a spectrum even with PRS kids like I think a is probably more maybe moderate mild case like it could it always could be worse you know probably always could be better too but if I had gotten you know the typical baby and I hate using words like that but then she wouldn't be Ava you know and she is there's something about her smile and her energy that is just incredible like just little ray of joy all the time Dan do you have anything you want to add I mean there's been a lot of moments of joy, like when we first heard her laugh, <laughs> and when I hear her mimicking sounds that we make, um, that's a lot of fun. And watching her as she's learning how to move her body in ways she hasn't done before, and just keep trying to do something that she hasn't done yet, and after the first few times I would start to get frustrated and she just doesn't even compute that. It's, <laughs> it's so cool to watch her do that stuff. So what's been the impact that she has had on, on your extended family? Obviously, you, she hit kind of to home with, with, with your parents because yeah. they had you. Yeah. Um, how, how did that go? Um, I, I've been really impressed with how especially your side of the family has stepped up when they've been here and they are super helpful. Um, they, like what well, I mean, yeah, my parents are, are of course helpful as well. But they also have been there and they know kind of like this is the drill and this is what you guys are going to be going through. Your family is stepping in and being helpful not really knowing in advance what it is that's happening. So I know I've been really appreciative that they've been here and come to visit as often as they have. Well, and I know especially initially at first it was really kind of overwhelming my side of the family like to the point where like and they're all baby people right but some of the first visits like immediately after she was born like they were nervous to hold her you know because they didn't they hadn't ever experienced babies with breathing difficulties before and it's intimidating for something so small you know you don't want to do it wrong you don't want to hurt her you don't want to upset her whereas I think they expected to like maybe be able to babysit and kind of give us some time off they were like well you could go to a different section of the house and we'll watch the baby yeah. <laughs> you know but like um, th I think that was definitely a shift for them that they didn't expect um, <laughs> that being said, once we had that first surgery that addressed such the big breathing issues, they all just love on her so much. <laughs> it's very fun. That's great. So now, if I came to you with a diagnosis, gosh, we went to our 20-week checkup and we think she has this issue, what, what advice would you give me? I think there's things to address the emotional side and then things to address the logistic side. Like for the emotional side, I'd be like, it is okay to have a period of mourning that your life is going to look different than you thought it was going to look. Well, what was the one of the, the things that you felt like you had to process right away? 
Um, so because there's feeding difficulties um, between the small chin and the cleft palate, the babies can't create suction in their mouth, which means they cannot breastfeed. And as a first time mom, as someone who had dreamed about being a mom, um, I, that hit me really hard as tr and I really needed to process that loss um, that I wouldn't be able to do that with Ava. What, what about, uh, what advice would you give me, Dan? Be as supportive a spouse as you can. Um, it, it's gonna, it's gonna hit you at weird times how hard it is. And you're both the support system for each other, and I don't. Does it affect you differently because you had PRS also? Yeah, I, th I think it does because um, certain things that I see her going through make me afraid for her to have a similar experience because um, there were parts of my experience that weren't very easy and I wouldn't wish that on anybody. So I always am trying to be watchful that she's going through something difficult but I don't want her to go through what I had to go through. I always want something easier, something better for her. And so that's something that I'm trying to be aware of, is not, trying not to get triggered. You know what I mean? Sure. I will say on the logistical side too, just a practical thing, keep a medical binder. There are a ton of different doctors, like between speech specialists, GI, plastic surgeons, like you're seeing a whole team of people. And if you're not her advocate and keeping everything straight, who's gonna do it? Like, sure. so we always have a medical binder that goes to every appointment. Right. So she has a condition that you obviously can relate to, Dan, because you have the same condition. So you can feel for what she's going through and what she may go through. She's had medical procedures that are difficult so far, and she has some yet to go. And uh, so you are having to deal with issues that uh, parents of typical children don't have to, to deal with. Um, last question. Is it worth it? Yes. yes. <laughs> I, I cannot remember pretty much like what life was before it, right? Ava. Yeah. Like it is both harder and better at the same time, you know? Um, and I think this experience has made me a better parent. I think I love harder. <laughs> I appreciate more. Um, Hi, are you hungry? <laughs> um, and the the payoff is worth. I mean, like everything. There's this bittersweet taste sometimes, especially as you get closer to and then also farther away sur from surgeries. I think like there's so many times where I hold her because I know a surgery is coming up, and I just like I want to keep this moment forever because I know you're safe right now, and I don't know what tomorrow is gonna bring. I'm sure it'll be fine, but like I'm freaking out. <laughs> Are you trying to say something? Oh, okay. I know. We can get you your bottle in a little. Anything else that you'd want to say? Um, reach out to your communities. Orange Socks is a great resource because it connects people. Um, so if you can find other people in a similar spot, it's going to be really, really helpful. Thank you both. Thank you I've so much. I've enjoyed meeting you both and, and meeting Ava. She's a doll. Thank you. I've enjoyed our time together. <laughs>